Welcome to the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series, exploring how data can help cities become more resilient, smart, and responsive to challenges. This series is brought to you jointly by Center for Applied Geomatics (CRDF) and by CoData, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council. Via this podcast series. we bring to you reflections on the interdisciplinary approaches and the innovative use of data taken by various cities offering examples of good practices and lessons learned hi this is shelly gandhi from cept research and development foundation today we bring to you an episode on monitoring sdg goal 6 role of city and country systems along with citizens voice In this episode we have Professor Meera Mehta executive director Center for Water and Sanitation CRDF India in a conversation with Rosie Mondadini managing director of Citizen Science Center Zurich I welcome you both on this episode Thanks Shaili wash services have become very very important and critical for all citizens and especially for the poor and the vulnerable so in that sense it is a very timely topic that we have taken on we'll try and do today is to discuss this renewed emphasis that is needed on washed but as a part of the sustainable development goals that were agreed by all the 190 plus member countries of the united nations in 2015 and as i said already the today's context make them even more critical uh, these are ambitious targets to achieve them by 2030 the wash targets that are there and all sustainable all sdg targets so we have now only a decade to go and probably the pandemic has put us back little bit in many of our areas in india as well as particularly in many countries in africa so we need to know what progress has been made what has been the impact on pandemic and monitor this regularly to ensure that we achieve progress and success as envisaged by the un and all member countries by 2030 the particular sdg that we focus on today is sdg for wash often referred to in the sector as the water goal but it is defined as ensure availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation for all the emphasis very clearly is on universal access and on sustainable management today we will focus on the first two targets within this goal that were agreed target 6.1 which is that by 2030 achieve universal and equitable access to safe and affordable drinking water for all so that is target 6.1 for water and 6.2 which is for sanitation that is by 2030 achieve access to adequate and equitable sanitation and hygiene for all and open defecation paying special attention to the needs of women and girls and those in vulnerable situations so it is very clear that the sdg focuses on water sanitation but the focus is very much on universal access on ensuring that particularly the poor vulnerable and women have access to sanitation and water and there is also emphasis on management and this is something that we keep in mind as we discuss further so some of these uh, this whole notion of sdg target for wash came into came out of the preparatory work that was done prior to 2015 and for that we need to go back and look at 
how the sector monitoring was done prior to that and therefore look at who monitors doctors water and sanitation sector when it's known as jmp which is housed or sort of managed by who and unicef together under the umbrella of united nations and it is the efforts of who and jmp that actually help to mobilize uh, various stakeholders prior to the setting of the sustainable development goals so just a year two years prior to that they brought everybody together and a major event that took place in berlin four years before and then various working groups that were formed so there was a working group on water working group on sanitation and working group on equity and non discrimination so end as it was called uh, i actually participated in that particular group and we and some of the emphasis that you see in the targets and in the goal on universal access comes out of the deliberations of these groups and in that sense water sector was far more prepared in a sense compared to many other sectors uh, in terms of what was envisaged for uh, sustainable development and go back maybe a few decades actually because this whole activity of monitoring globally started somewhere in 1990 in fact during 1980s there was an international decade for water which focused on ensuring that everybody got access to water uh, and following this decade there was a major conference in delhi where the whole idea of monitoring started and then who and unicef came together to formulate and set up this joint monitoring program uh, initially joint monitoring program also relied on country systems but around mid 1995 they started to use various household surveys that were available and these were nationally representative household surveys through the multiple indicator cluster surveys dhs and sometimes in some country census that was also available using these surveys jmp actually really strengthened its approach to monitoring and now it has a very strong system of monitoring uh, progress on 6.1 6.2 across almost all countries separately for rural and urban areas also using these surveys they also introduced a concept of ladder of services and these are sort of new concepts that have been introduce in the system along with this kind of an approach this is more global and you know little bit uh, set aside from the country's own systems when jmp started it relied on country's own systems which was supplier driven system but it was found to be not very reliable and therefore this whole shift to household survey based system was found to be more reliable and gave much better results it also enabled them to assess Uh, more nuances so look at wealth quintile based data rural urban se- separation uh, look at more gender classification particularly for sanitation and so on but there is a clear recognition now with uh, the new sdgs and jmp is still doing its role it's reinventing itself continuously in monitoring 6.1 and 6.2 but also there is a recognition that there is a need for country's own systems also and sdg if you see the framework they have always said that although there is this framework of jmp that is there for and un water actually plays a major role in this that country's own system must also play a major role and countries are encouraged to develop their own systems so this is the new sort of focus 
within the sector in terms of how do we look at country's own systems what kind of systems could be there and how do they balance jmp and country own systems one aspect that is very important is in country own system is to get citizens voice into this monitoring system and how do we do that there are of course now new technologies available and how do we tap these new technologies uh, to get citizen generated data and rozi i'm going to request you and talk about how this can be done how your center is doing this kind of citizen generated data and use it for monitoring and how particularly for wash this can be used thank you very much mira citizen generated data are being considered right now by the united nation as um, basically an alternative or complementary um, data source for monitoring the sustainable development goals uh, this monitoring is usually done with, uh, you know, traditional data sources coming from national statistical offices or ministries, uh, and they are basically survey, you know, big household survey or censuses. So the new data sources uh, are basically the one that come from, um, you know, the data revolution. And uh, these are provided by the citizens in different ways. They can be provided in a passive way. And we are talking about the data, for instance, coming from um, you know, mobile phone records uh, or from wearable devices like Fitbit uh, or even data from social media. And then you have the data that are provided by the citizens in an active way. For instance, images from their smartphones or, uh, you know, sample of water or sample of air that they get uh, with, uh, you know, low cost sensor kits. So these former data are called citizen generated data. And citizen science is a very particular kind of citizen generated data because citizen science data come from projects that are a collaboration of professional scientists and citizens. So the definition, if you go on the Oxford Dictionary, uh, you find uh, citizen science defined as the scientific work undertaken by members of the general public in collaboration or under the direction of professional scientists or scientific institutions. You also find actually many other definitions of citizen science out there that reflect somehow the different activities that are under this name, but they, all of them have in common, you know, three main uh, characteristics. So one is public participation, so it's the general public contributing. The second one is uh, that is a voluntary contributor, uh, contributions. Most of the time citizens are not paid to do this kind of projects, they do it on a voluntary basis. And the third aspect is the production of knowledge. So the idea behind these projects is to produce science-based knowledge. So just a few examples to, to understand which kind of projects 
we are talking about, and I am sure you have heard or you have read about these projects. These are the projects where, for instance, you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that contribute uh, images uh, from their phone to monitor, you know, biodiversity or to monitor, you know, city wildlife, for instance or that they use kits again to get sample of water or sample of airs to monitor pollution or you know they also monitor you know groundwater levels or the quality of water these kind of projects are called data collection projects but there are also other citizen science projects that involve citizens in data analysis and here again, we are talking about the projects where people um, look at uh, images uh, from satellite and maybe they monitor deforestation or they, for instance, check the presence or the extent of water bodies or, you know, they look at images from satellite, uh, you know, helping historians to look for the tomb of Genghis Khan. So really, you have citizen science projects that cover every domain, almost every domain in science, art, humanities, and also social issues. So why, why are we talking of citizen science now in the context of the SDGs? So we really believe that these kind of projects can tackle some of the fundamental issues that are at the base of, uh, you know, data gaps uh, for monitoring the SDGs, which is one of the main concerns, uh, especially for some of the targets and indicators of the goal. And uh, we think in particular that you know, citizen science, these kind of projects are particularly powerful in different ways. Um, the first one is uh, related to the spatial and temporal resolution of data. You know, again, think about goal six. Um, most of the, of the measurements, uh, if you really want to have the necessary resolution, should be done in a lot of different places and for a you know continuous amount of time and this is very resource expensive so these kind of expenses can actually um, somehow uh, be a limit especially in developing country for doing this measurement in the correct way with citizen science potentially, and I say potentially because maybe in reality it's not actually true, but potentially you have everybody out there helping you with this measurement. Every single citizen out there could be contributing a measurement in a particular place. And citizen science project, you know, they can be very fast, they can be weekend blitzes where people go and do some measurement, but there are projects that actually extend for long period of times, or maybe they are just a one year measurement, but they are going on since you know, the 90s. So they can actually be repeated every year for a very long time. So both of these components, time and space, really profit by measurements done by the citizens. On top of that, you have other aspects. One, for instance, is transparency. 
you know, projects of citizen science have very open and transparent processes and procedures, and you have a lot of stakeholders that take place in, this, in these projects. So the results are pretty transparent. And, you know, this is not something that can be said always in the case of data coming from governments. So this aspect is, is really important, especially again in certain countries. And then last but not least, is the aspect of education. So it has been demonstrated that, you know, this kind of hands-on activities where citizens are actually doing things are very effective in terms of knowledge and education and also somehow generate this sense of ownership of the issue of that you are measuring, of the issue that you are tackling. And this ultimately generate changes in behavior. And this is a very important, maybe not for the monitoring of the SDGs, but certainly for achieving the SDGs, for actually getting there and for having people behaving in a more sustainable way. So uh, maybe Mira, you want to tell us a little bit more about what uh, the government and these you know, official sources of data um, are, are providing uh, um, maybe with an example in India or in general at the country level. Thanks, Rosie. That was very interesting. But let me first start with what we have been trying to do in India for water and sanitation sector, particularly uh, for the last 10 years or so. Uh, this came out of the idea that Along with SDGs, it was very, very important that you had country systems that actually became powerful also. Uh, as I said earlier, what happened was that earlier the country systems were sort of found to be not very reliable. You know, the supplier side data, as you also hinted, government data is questionable, not reliable. So that is the outlook that was there, that, you know, government rely, you can't rely on, there is no continuity, there is no reliability. So that is one outlook. And that outlook was balanced by the household survey-based approach that I described, which actually JMP uses very, very effectively for the water and sanitation sector. But our argument has also been that if you want the countries to be more responsive to the kind of targets that are being talked of under SDG and kind of very ambitious targets that have been developed under the SDGs, then it is important that they also start looking at their own delivery systems better. And it is within that perspective that we have developed what we call as a performance assessment system for urban water and sanitation. It includes water supply, sanitation, wastewater, as well as solid waste management. So it covers the main services that are provided by local governments in India. And the system is developed around these issues and it measures, it enables local governments to monitor their own services properly. When we, uh, we actually, I was in Africa for quite some time. Uh, about a decade, more than a decade ago. And when we came back to India, uh, we found that there was a lot of investments that were being made in infrastructure sector. But nobody was looking at 
whether this infrastructure was actually being converted to delivery of services. And it is in that notion and that perspective that we started our work. We refer to this as performance assessment system for urban water supply and sanitation. It is work that we started around 2009-10. And it is we, unlike the earlier efforts that were made in this line, which tended to be piecemeal and ad hoc in nature, we said we will do it at scale. So we started work with two states where we are situated, states of Gujarat and Maharashtra, with around that time 450 cities. And we said we will cover all the cities and we won't do any pilots in one or two cities here and there. Because the sector always had these pilots which were done very well, but then it could never be scaled up to all the cities. So we had a very different approach. We were actually funded by uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, generous grant, and therefore we were able to set this up. We had worked in cooperation with the government. So both state governments as well as local governments, we put in a lot of effort initially to set up the kind of system that will be able to capture the data from the local governments. Initially, it took a lot of time. Every, every round of data collection took months, visits to all the cities. But then using the IT-based systems, we have now set up a system which has an IT-based platform and which makes it very easy for local governments to monitor their services and report on their services efficiently. We have a partner, uh, Data Consulting Services, which are the main leading agency in IT systems in India and even globally. So they are our partners in uh, enabling this platform to happen and to continue to support us throughout this last decade of work. We also had other partners who actually helped us with the actual data collection. The important part is that we were able to show that it is possible to develop such a system. It is possible for local governments to find data from their own sources and to put it in a system where data can be validated and verified properly. And that is what the system actually enables you to do. Currently, we have uh, uh, taken this further to five. So we now have it not only two, but five states. We are providing, exploring this service in uh, 100 smart cities currently in partnership with Government of India. And we are now discussing the possibilities of taking this countrywide, again, in discussion with Government of India. So it's a system that has shown its resilience in terms of uh, done over a period of time. It is being used not only by governments themselves, both local governments and state governments and government of India, but also by uh, students, researchers. Since we are based in a university, it became possible for us to. But it's not only our students. We keep getting messages from all over India to asking us for this kind of a data. It is also used by financing institutions. When they do uh, their sort of screening, their uh, monitoring, they also use this data. So there is a widespread use of this system that has become possible. Still more uh, uh, strengthening of this system is still necessary. Uh, 
there are certain aspects on which reliability of information is still continuing to be poor for example in terms of measuring the water losses reason is that uh, most cities in india don't have water meters and therefore it becomes very very difficult to measure this so these are but changes are happening amdabad for now for example the city where we are situated now has introduced scada system which enables them to monitor uh, their water production and distribution far more effectively and this kind of efforts will then translate into better data into our systems also so this is something that is already happening what we also tried and as i was saying that we did try to incorporate uh, citizen uh, voice into this through uh, surveys that we try to do in maharashtra but one of the uh, limitations that we faced was that because of the kind of uh, methods that one tends to use and maybe this was done 5 6 years ago when you know the mobile technology in india was not as widespread as it is becoming now that are uh, the sample tended to be very biased towards a certain segment of population that could have access to such technology and th those are limitations that we have faced but we it was good to hear the kind of examples the kind of use of citizens data that you described and we really look forward to the possibilities of using citizens data also in our systems as we move forward currently as i said uh, although we have a very uh, advanced portal which actually enables uh, data entry by local governments with ease although many local governments don't have that much it proficiency but still the system has been made so simple that it is possible for them to do that and with little training our staff is actually able to work with them one advantage of having this system at city level state level national level is this whole notion of localizing sdgs is something that can actually become possible uh, and this is something that we have now started to do particularly with respect to sanitation because that's a area that we work on much more and we are working to develop uh, a method to use our data to measure and assess city level safely managed sanitation this is something that is jmp uh, is now interested because the household survey based data is actually not able to assess the new definition that they have introduced of what is called as safely managed sanitation which looks not just at the household level information but the entire service chain of sanitation which draws from either sewerage or fecal sludge management treatment and everything now this is not possible through a household survey which is a mechanism that is used for global monitoring so the our kind of system in fact make it more possible to do uh, assessment of safely managed sanitation and i wanted to say that the kind of system that we have developed in india is not only in india these are systems that are being used in south africa for example extensively kenya the regulator the water regulator actually uses a very similar kind of system uh, brazil has a similar kind of system for both rural and urban uh, water and sanitation so these are systems that have been used uh world bank had a system called ibnet which actually un had again a very similar system so these are systems that are now becoming more common in use 
and it would be interesting to see how gmp and pass or city level systems can be done and how we can bring in the citizens data or citizen voice as you called it into this systems also it would be great therefore to hear uh, rosy from you if more actual examples of uh, more detailed and more actual examples of where citizens voice was used for particularly for water and sanitation and if you can share a couple of examples that would be great uh, sure so first of all you know congratulations for your project what you managed to achieve is is really impressive and and i really hope that you know you will eventually uh, find a way to also involve the voice of citizens that will make it you know even more powerful so you you talked a lot about uh, you know infrastructures of uh, urban water um, and sanitation and and i have an example actually which is uh, somehow similar it may, may be an expansion of, of, of what you are trying to do and this is actually the original idea is from a group of students uh, from mexico from the city of monterey um, that were trying basically to address uh, the lack of actions of the local government concerning uh, you know water leaks in the water network so apparently this is a huge issue is like 40 percent of the water is lost in um, mexico city and uh, even in monterey where they live is up to 30 percent of water that just disappears in leaks so they were trying to tackle this and what they proposed is basically to use a combination of existing historical data artificial intelligence and information by the citizens and so they built this that they called this water intelligence platform that basically, again, it's a model that is, uh, you know, built uh, on all uh, on the data that is integrated by citizens that provide, uh, you know, the time and the location of water leaks and water shortages, shortages in the city uh, during the, the basically the full year. And all of these data combined can really be used to provide recommendation for sustainable water management. So this is happening in Monterey and this group of students are actually receiving support by the water agency, you know, the, the, the official water agency in Monterey to implement this. Um, more in general, you, you were asking for examples. So a lot of examples of existing projects that had quite some success let's say um, are um, well let's say can be divided in, in these in these uh, groups let's say um, there is a lot of hydrological monitoring so that is one thing where citizens can really apply water quality water quality is probably the issue where the citizens can help and i will tell you a little bit more about uh, you know a particular particularly successful project and by water monitoring i mean uh, you know measure parameters such as the temperature of the water conductivity turbidity and, and and things like that then another thing that citizens can do is they can uh, basically highlight the presence of uh, pollution sources 
So where and from where pollution is coming to the water. And then one thing that is really becoming quite important and relevant lately is that citizens can do what is called ground truthing of satellite images. So every kind of information that you gather from satellite data, for instance, extension of the waterland can be then monitored and somehow verified uh, by citizens. So there are all of these possible ways that, that citizens can help. But just one more example, it's about the quality of water. And again, the quality of water is really related um, to uh, you know, fresh water, sanitation, health, hygiene, because uh, all at the base is always the fact that you are using you know, the correct water to do all of these operations. And there is one project which is called the Fresh Water Watch that is, um, uh, basically comes from an NGO, a global NGO called Earth Watch. And in these projects, what they did is they basically assembled a global water quality database. And we are talking about almost 10,000 participants worldwide that regularly monitor the quality of water in more than 2,500 water bodies all over the world, so more than 16 countries especially in the UK, this is where the, the, the project originated. And what they do is they use uh, cheap kits uh, that you can build yourself with this like do-it-yourself kind of technology or you can buy for a low cost. And, uh, and what is impressive in this project, beside you know, the extent uh, and, and the quality that, that projects like that have reached, is that the data coming out of this project have been used in 16 different countries, more than 35 cities, to actually provide recommendation to local policymakers to you know, change and improve the management of water systems. So again, um, one thing is uh, to collect data and make uh, um, and, and do it in such a way that they can scale all the way up and reach uh, the national government and really be used for the global effort and you know, the United Nations kind of reporting. However, even if you don't get there, the effect and the impact that this kind of data can have at the local level, at the city level, it's huge. Thanks, Rosie. Uh... Just to also conclude on this, that in what I think came out of the discussion very clearly was that while SDG monitoring at a global level is very important and the role that UN, WHO, UNICEF through their joint monitoring program plays is critical to the sector. But having said that, it is also important to start exploring how countries can themselves do their own monitoring using the frameworks that have been developed by JMP, but it is important that countries themselves, their own cities, their own state or provinces and the, the national government itself takes interest in monitoring some of these goals. And therefore it becomes part of their programmatic 
approaches to achieve these goals. And I think in India, the whole focus on Swachh Bharat Mission or the Clean India Mission, which actually prior to uh, declaration of the SDG itself, uh, focused on ending open defecation in a major way. And that is the kind of focus on country level own monitoring is critical and therefore it leads to own programs, own ways of resolving these problems and so on. And in this case, the kind of monitoring then has to be global, country level. And if we can bring in citizen monitoring in these efforts, I think it will enrich our monitoring efforts and therefore also enrich our programs. Thanks, Shaili, and for giving us this opportunity to have this dialogue. Thank you, Professor Meera and Rosie. And it was really enlightening to look at the power of involving citizens in collecting data for SDG goals. Thanks for listening to this episode from the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series. If you like our podcast and want to know more about the series, check out our website, www.crdf.org and follow us on social media. Please leave a review and like and share wherever you listen to the podcast. Look out for the next episode and join us next time. Thank you.